Hey guys, before this episode of Ringer FC, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our beloved sponsor, Hotel Tonight. If you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, you will love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool, top-rated hotels. Even though they're named Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds in just three taps and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you'll need. And before we get started, I also wanted to tell you a little bit about what's going on at TheRinger.com, a beloved website that I'm employed by. The NBA draft is tonight. We've got all hands on deck, visual audio, written content. You should all check out Kevin O'Connor's piece, the 2018 NBA draft has a potential for chaos. Um, A lot of bad NBA teams drafting toward the top of the draft who could do silly things, so watch out for that. And on the podcast network, check out the Press Box with Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker as they round up the media storylines from every week. Now to the show. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to Ringer FC World Cup Edition. Match day eight. We told you it was going to be a good day. I feel so alive right now. <laughs> I'm going to say what's up to my co-host, Ryan Throughball O'Hanlon. What's up, Ryan? Fire Sampaoli. <laughs> <laughs> Micah studs up Peters. What, 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 what? What's going on with you? Oh, I feel so alive, like I said. Let me, let me tell you, boys. Uh, before you, I know you guys are chomping at the bit to talk, but... The Google image search for Sad Messi just got a treasure trove of new pictures. There was a Sad Messi picture while they were singing the anthem. The guy looked like he was going to vomit. Sad, <laughs> sad Messi memes are going to dominate the next couple of days. Especially this after the second goal with him just kind of staring off into the middle distance, uh, just scratching his, his red beard. Of course, I'm talking about the Argentina-Croatia match that just ended. Croatia won 3-0. We had a monumental goalkeeping howler. Two moments of brilliance, including, I think, my favorite goal of the tournament so far. Earlier today, we had a couple of teenagers playing well, another (laughs) feel-good team getting bounced. But let's just talk about this fucking Argentina-Croatia match. Again, Croatia won 3-0. Argentina's on the brink of elimination at the group stage. Ryan, better Argentina manager, Sampioli or Maradona? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, Maradona looks, looked like he was more in control of things than Sampaioli does. Sampaioli took off his jacket in the 74th minute. Oh my God. He took off. Okay. You gotta, we, we need to do like a full kind of recounting of what exactly he was wearing. It was like this black Chino two button blazer and then like black scoop jeans. Scoop neck t shirt. A scoop tight. neck, tight like Armani exchange v neck. <laughs> and then, like, he, an especially good look for someone with just no neck, no neck, whatsoever <laughs> no to neck. Speak of. And then, yeah, t- takes off his jacket in the seventy fourth minute. I don't know if anybody else here knew that he was like had two full sleeves of tattoos. But. <laughs> no, and the shirt had like white stripes on it. The sort of transformation of his outfit kind of mirrored the team. Just I was going like, to say increasingly I, desperate and totally he, pathetic. He took his he took his jacket <laughs> off and Luka Modric scored five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes aside, Ryan, we talked a lot about 
Messi, the deployment of Messi, Messi's burden from the, the Iceland match, the 1-1 draw. Coming into this match, Sampioli changed things up a little bit. What's your assessment of how sad Messi played today and also Argentina's performance overall? Because this was a thrashing. Um, I think Messi was fine. You know, he, he was okay. Again, just kept having to drop super deep, which just is not... It's just not what you want with a player with the potential around goal like him. I don't think it was sort of a sterling messy performance um, from any standpoint, but that's the issue because it really seems like Sampaioli is like doing whatever he can to make this team live and completely die by Messi. Uh, so Messi's going to take the blame then. I exactly, mean, already already uh, he's taking the blame. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, people are already talking about how he's how he walks around the field even though... I mean, like before the game, proven that he stands around in space when he's in high value space, and that's kind of the thing that Messi does. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I just can't. Like, I've had enough of the shit of managers just trying to be cute with who they're playing and like playing Acuna and Meza and these random dudes from middle (laughs) of the road club teams. Angel Di Maria, Pablo Dybala. Gonzalo Higuain, Ever Benega, Giovanni Lo Celso, all start for teams that made the Champions League knockout stages. And they all started this fucking game on the bench. It's yeah. just like, play your best players and maybe you'll have a chance. And In addition, like anytime the ball drifted over to the left side of the pitch where, where uh, Marcos Acuna was, it was just kind of like, I really don't want to... There's, I don't think has he ever like cleared the first defender with a cross like in his entire career, or am I just like, <laughs> is that is that too harsh? Am I? We have to look up the staff for that. <laughs> but you know, all that said, going into half, it was nil nil. There were lots of chances in the first half. This was actually probably my favorite overall match of the tournament so far because it had great goals. It had it was testy, ill-tempered. There were seven yellow cards. How is there not a red card in this game? There like was so every much yellow card, stomping. I was like, oh, that guy's off. He already has a yellow card, if not two. And the ref just forgot earlier in the game to give him a red. Yeah, and they everybody all in the audience, point. Ryan was aghast at all the tackling. <laughs> I, I mean, I had no issues with the tackling. It was more, I'm just not a fan of uh, the ankle stomp with your cleat, <laughs> which to me is sort of the coward's way of injuring someone. And you were saying the Croatians were guilty of that more than the Argentinians? I think the Croatians were, but Argentinians were definitely doing a lot of ankle stomping too. And also, Mascherano gave uh, Luka Modric a nice little forearm shiver. I mean, always, he's always good for one I respect <laughs> Odomendi just blasting the ball into Rakitic's face when he's on and the ground. And kicking him. Because that's just, him. it's obvious everyone can see it. At least, yeah. at least you're just doing it out in the open as opposed to the low-key, maybe I'll break your ankle here, um, foot stomp. Well, anyway, it was no-no at half. And they traded a lot of chances. And then Micah... Come get your mans. Willie Caballero. What? <laughs> your boy. My mans? Your boy. <laughs> no, my man Sergio Romero was not brought to this tournament because of an injury. Right. But uh, so, Willie so Caballero. Caballero is starting instead of Romero, uh, of course, the United keeper that's injured. And mm-hmm. man, wow. I mean, like, okay, it's weird enough that Willie Caballero is getting his first shot at the international team at 36. <laughs> right. His I mean, first like cap, his, I think, was this year. His first cap and he's was 36. This year. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, kind of like was a show out in the Spanish uh, Segunda pr- the division and then was like an emergency signing for Malaga after their keeper got injured and, you know, like... Just basically f- a journeyman. Yeah, I mean, like a journeyman, but also, like, the mistake that he made was kind of like when you are... 
how to how to most concisely describe this? It's kind of like when you're trying to skip through the cutscene after the ball goes out of bounds for a goal kick in FIFA, <laughs> and you accidentally pass it to an on-rushing attacker, except for the fact that he had the ball at his feet and did like a perfect little it. chip. It to- was kind of a, sh- a shank, right? Because it went off like the side of his foot. Well, because you wouldn't like if you were trying to chip that ball, wouldn't Micah? Wouldn't you kind of like? Dig, dig your phone it, under dig it. Dig your toe into it. Yeah. And he just went side foot and it just went straight in the air. So I think you're probably right. But then. Let's then, talk about the finish though. Finish was. Uh, Cold blooded. <laughs> I mean, it's just like. <laughs> Ante- <laughs> like Rebic, you- <laughs> who uh, Ryan was slating all game. <laughs> Rebic was the ultimate uh, ankle stomper that game. And then had a, should have had a breakaway in the first half and then just couldn't dribble and then just bomb <laughs> the ball into the stands. But he made up for it with this, which was just like. Excuse my language here, but it was just a a fuck you very much moment. I felt like <laughs> uh, <laughs> a fuck you very much moment from Kuwait, Croatia to Argentina. From Rebic being like, "Oh, thank you," and then just rips it over Caballero's head as he tries to like <sighs> scamper back into the net. Yeah, um, I mean, he could he could have probably taken that ball down right and just like tapped it in. He could. By the way, uh, via Reddit, via uh, a Croatian newspaper, so. Take that as you will. Rebic is the third fastest player in the World Cup so far at timed. Ronaldo was number one, and I think the Peruvian right back, Avincula, is number two, and Rebic is number three. Take that, Ryan. Really? <laughs> I mean, Rebic shut me up with that volley. Uh, dope assist by Caballero. <laughs> <laughs> dope, okay, so then after that, Messi had a chance. I mean, Argentina was still in the game, and yeah. Sampioli then took off his jacket. And it all went to hell. And then Modric, <laughs> Luka Modric, little magician, scored a goal that I was saying should be on Pornhub immediately because <laughs> it was sex. That was an amazing goal. That's my favorite goal of the tournament, not just how, how beautiful it was, but for the significance of it because it, it put the game to bed. It was kind of like I was I was texting with a friend of mine while this game was happening. He is a Nigeria fan. He was very happy about the outcome. Uh, he was just talking about how like, wow, this is sad. And I was just like, this feels like I felt watching, like, the third quarter of each game in the Warriors-Pelican series. Right. Just kind of like, this is this is only going one direction. Right. <laughs> that was he a just, backbreaker. Yeah. That was a backbreaker. And the way he created space for himself, the little shoulder feign, and then the touch to the right, bent and it the shot the was beautiful. What's yeah. that? And then yeah. bent it around the defender. And then was- bent it around the defender. And at that point, Sad Messi was... Very sad, but he got even sadder. And I don't know what you guys think. Should Argentina have kind of closed up ranks a little bit? They the the third goal, which could be very significant for goal differential, it was like a three on one break by Croatia at the end. It was ex- the most pathetic moment of the tournament by far in my <laughs> mind. Just <laughs> like ex- absolutely the, pathetic. Like, like in the in the dictionary next to capitulation. It's going to be Javier Mascherano <laughs> holding up his hand as. Uh, Ivan Rakitic runs by him and taps a ball into an empty net. <laughs> it was like a two. It was like a two on zero at the end there. Right? I mean, you know, like, God, like honestly, the the old, the way this should end is, for all the narrative purposes, Argentina should beat Nigeria. Messi maybe scores a couple goals, and then Argentina doesn't advance because they're of that goal? behind on goal differential with Iceland <laughs> because of that goal. That like it's just cruel. like what. <laughs> They shouldn't have shut up shop because I think they needed to push for a goal, but like they just stood at the top of the box as Croatia just bound in on goal to just put a stake through their heart, basically. You, I mean, you can definitely pathetic. say that like after the second goal, even after the first goal, but definitely after the second goal, they their body language, I mean, not to be a body language doctor here, but 
they looked defeated. They had given up. That was definitely like I I I think it was it was probably amped up by all of the slow motion close ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um but they love they showing definitely, us sad messy. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did not look like emotionally stable after the first goal. <laughs> no, the Argentina is not a team built to overcome adversity. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right. when their manager looks like a freaking like jazzercise instructor instructor running along the sideline. <laughs> we did see Dybala for a little bit, a little stint. He had a shot, at least one that I saw that went skyward. But we should, you know, emphasize here, Argentina are not out. Um, if Nigeria win against Iceland tomorrow, and Argentina beats Nigeria, yeah, they still have a chance to go through. I don't know what 538 is giving it. I'm guessing probably like 25% or so. They got know. one in three. One, one in three in th- chance. One in three yeah, so, I mean, it really, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But <clears throat> Chances are if they beat Nigeria, they'll go through, I think. But, right. like, <laughs> does anyone, like, why would you predict this team to beat anyone? Yeah. Let's quickly talk about the two matches earlier today. Group C, Micah, mm-hmm. Pogba watch. Yeah, okay, so everybody needs to shut up, okay? <laughs> I'm <laughs> let shutting Pogba, up. Let Pogba do whatever he wants and you will succeed, basically. That's, but I, starting, first of all, you got to see like fun Pogba in the, the France Australia game a little bit. I mean, but in this game, Deschamps sets up with a two man pivot, which I hate seeing Pogba in a two man pivot. Pogba and Conte. Pogba and Conte, yeah. And then playing Blaise Matuidi at left wing, which was also just a, Strange choice, uh, but at the same time, like Pogba was bossing the midfield today. I, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, and um, created, created the goal. Created the goal. Created the goal, and right before that, put Mbappe in on goal. And for some reason, Mbappe tried to heal <laughs> the ball out of the air rather than just settle it. I was like, it was just kind of like one of those things where I was making a bunch of jokes about Pogba is going to be waiting shirtless in the tunnel to fight Kylian Mbappe after the game. But then, you know, like right after that, uh, Peru got really lax playing the ball out of the back and Pogba, you know, just kind of ate there. He's like, that's my <laughs> ball. He's just like, it's mine. And then uh, slipped um, uh, slipped Giroud through. Slipped Giroud through. And then uh, Bappe just kind of trundled it into the net. But yeah, it was Pogba's, it was Pogba's goal. It's Pogba's yeah, World and he, Cup. Yeah. And, and you mentioned his haircut yesterday. It, it looked sharp. Yeah. I mean, you know. It, it was, how, how would you grade? How would, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, how would you grade Mbappe, who uh, I mentioned teenagers at the top, the youngest ever scorer for France in the World Cup? First teenager how would you- since Julian Green to score at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Great company. Oh, remember Julian Green? <laughs> Do you guys know who the second youngest or who he pe- whose record he broke? Um, French player? Yeah. Uh, okay, Henri. bad radio. David Trezeguet. Damn, I was going to guess what- Trezeguet. Michael, what do you make of Mbappe's, uh, how would you grade his celebration, the little b-boy stance with Griezmann? Um, okay, in a vacuum, I think it's whack. <laughs> uh, but, like, if you take the story of the fact that, like, Kylian Mbappe, you know, showing out for AS Monaco, big money transfer to PSG, um, kind of, like, has a bunch of stories going back and forth about whether or not they're going to have to sell him over financial fair play. One of the biggest, like, most expensive players in the world then goes home and gets spanked in FIFA by his little brother, who's 11, and after he, the little brother stands up and does that. And then Bob oh, is just like, yo, I'm going to make that my celebration. Wow. How'd you know all that? Well, actually, this was, I, I had forgotten, like I'd forgotten about it. And then uh, Maridi Marungi, uh, who um, 
used to write for Fusion. I don't know if he's still Nutmeg does. Radio. Nutmeg on Radio on Twitter. Yeah, he tweeted about oh, it after okay. the game because he tweeted about it during the game because it was just so meh. <laughs> <laughs> meh. Okay, Ryan, yesterday you said after the Australian match uh, that you were worried about France. Are you still worried about France? <clears throat> I don't think so, mainly because I, I think I'm coming around to the idea of it's actually pretty hard to play entertaining, attacking soccer at the international level. Mm-hmm. And France, like they, they're they 15th overall in shots per game. And if you're going to win the World Cup, you typically want to just sort of be near the top. But like nothing, no one has really created anything against them. Guerrero kind of had that one chance that wasn't I, as good. Can I, can I say something? That when that chance happened, which was around the 30th minute, and it didn't go in, I knew that Peru was going to lose. You have to bury your one fucking chance like that. Well, that's that's they, the, how it is being an underdog, right? Like, you right. get that. You got to bury it. Um, you got to bury it. Against Australia, they wouldn't have given up anything if Umtiti didn't just punch the ball <laughs> out of the air. <laughs> just a completely in, inexplicable moment that we're just never going to talk about. <laughs> Um, and Umtits. it's just been enough for them to have Pogba, basically. Like it's, I mean, yep. Pogba is, it's the same thing we're talking about with Ronaldo, right? Like you build your team to not give up many chances and then you have an individual player who can create decisive moments, right? Yeah. Uh, Lekip was not impressed. A reporter afterward wrote that it's a tech, the Deschamps has a tactical system akin to Sunderland. I, guess. I mean, he kind of he does, does but he has yeah. Pogba and Conte. That's yeah. <laughs> and let's also not sleep on Giroud. Uh, I think Giroud is really, I mean, having watched him for years for Arsenal, he, he's not re- you know really highly regarded by many, but he does that center forward work that is not for the highlight reel, but is very important. I just can't believe Deschamps has been managing this team for six years and they play like a mid-table Premier League team. It's... I mean, with all of the players at his disposal and all the interesting things they could do, it's still just thump it up to the guy that's 6'2 up top. Yeah, I mean, we we should say that they played the fullbacks that they're currently playing, Lucas Hernandez and Benjamin uh, Pavard, are essentially center backs. And then they also played Blaise Matuidi, who's a defensive midfielder, as a winger. So they played with four center backs <laughs> and basically <laughs> three center mids. Um, but like... My thing is, it might actually be fine to play like a mid-table club team in the group if stage. you have insane talent, like France did. Yeah. I think and they never got out of second gear, really. They were just, it was comfortable. It was comfortable. It and like comfortable. The second half, they just, it was a little weird. They didn't do anything. They didn't really give up any chances, but they barely created anything. But first half, you kind of saw it. It's like, even if you have these Sunderland-like tactics... The talent France has, they can, they just have, a, they're going to have a couple moments every game where they just combine and no one can stop them. It's basically what happened is after the Guerrero miss or the chance, they just flipped the switch France did for like the next five to 10 minutes. They got their goal and then they just shut it down. And to me, that was like a really impressive, might be too strong of a word, but they looked like a, a contending team. Yeah. which is what you wanted to see from them. Just a word for Peru now, because they're out of it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they've saying both that, kind of, like, had two games where both teams have just kind of, like, absorbed all of their attacks, and they've kind of squandered their chances, and, you know, utilitary one-on-wins. Yeah, Peru. Um, deserved is... 
I know that that's a triggering word for you, Donnie. But well, I mean, like you have to be di- you have to be a little disappointed about not getting to watch more of this team. It's sad in a way, but you just got to finish. I mean, it's hard to say a, a team deserves to advance if they can't score a single goal. I agree with that. That's true. Um, I think the Denmark game is the one that we should. I mean, that was this team. Peru wasn't going to beat France. They it was. Yeah. It's. I like seeing an, an under supposed underdog team <clears throat> out possess the favorite and kind of try to take the game to him. But like, it wasn't like Peru was knocking on the door all game. They were yeah resorting to shots from twenty five yards out. Uh, yeah. You know, it's they didn't finish their chances against Denmark. Denmark finished theirs. That's kind of the end of the story. Yeah, they yeah. literally sl- did not put a PK on frame. Well, there <laughs> was that too. Speaking yeah. of Denmark, that was the early game today. I guess part of the reason why people want to see Peru through is because I think people don't want to see Denmark or Australia. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, Exactly. <laughs> it finished 1-1, and uh, as you guys mentioned or predicted yesterday, it was a, an Ericsson goal early. A uh, really nice goal, actually. If you have a chance to see it, you should. Uh, a beautiful assist from Nico Jorgensen. And then after that, a lot of nothing. Australia got a penalty, as they always do. Seems like it was a handball. Uh, it, it led me to think, I mean, the only real talking point I thought from this game is like defining what a handball is now because it seems like with VAR anytime the ball touches a defender's hand it's going to be called a handball uh it seemed pretty harsh because it was uh, a header it was off a set piece a Matthew Leckie header it went off of Poulsen's hand I should specify which Poulsen right uh Yusef Poulsen It was like, you know, less than two feet or something from his hand. And, you know, he, his hands were in an awkward position. But he also got a yellow card, which is his second, which means he's out for the final match. And um, he gave up a penalty in the first and, game, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. not a, But he also scored in the first game. So. That's true. He made up for it. Did you guys think it was a fair? Uh, Schmeichel later, of course, the, the Denmark keeper, as he probably would you would, as you probably would expect, said it was exceptionally harsh, uh, that penalty ruling. I thought it was harsh, too, but. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Yeah, I, but the thing is that, like, all of these VAR decisions feel harsh. That's true. Yeah. I mean, is there going to be now, you know, we always talk about ball-to-hand, hand-to-ball distinctions. Is it now just, like, if you're, the ball touches your hand, it's a penalty in the in the box? Um, and should there be a distinction? I, I think there there's a chance that with VAR and with there seemingly being an uptick in penalties, that there might have to be, like, a, a relitigation of the rules. Yeah. Right? I think that there's... Yeah. I mean, the way that the rule is written and it being left up to the referee's discretion, um, I think now that... I think that... that Well, that was written without, like, the... the Without VR in mind. I mean, yeah. like, more things are observable and possible, so I would think that you would have to rewrite the rules with the introduction of new technology into the game. Right. Yeah, if we're if we're sort of pouring over plays in soccer and not kind of letting one guy kind of judge what happened on the fly, th- then I think it just it necessitates a sort of more distinct uh, definition for rules, right? And what we're going to see then, I would imagine, <laughs> is defenders now definitely jumping with their hands behind their back. Yes, you yeah, should definitely not have your arms anywhere near above your waist, or or you're going to get burned, right? The Sergio Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that uh, Mille Jedinak for Australia, he is 16 for 16 on penalties. Now that I said that, I'll probably miss his next one, but that's pretty impressive, no? 
Well, I mean, like, it's definitely impressive when you consider that Messi hasn't scored a PK. (laughs) (laughs) Messi has never scored a penalty for Australia. (laughs) We should also also mention, uh, we talked about Daniel Arzani yesterday. He came on, 68th minute. He looks like, to me, he looks like Theo Walcott, the best of Theo Walcott, like uh, Pacey. Which is what, you know, like really Pacey and kind of uniquely... I don't know. His uh, decision making, his decision, his final product is probably not there yet, but he could just blow by people. And when he came on, it was noticeable that Australia got way more dangerous because uh, Robbie Cruz is kind of trash. The the famed Australian number ten, Robbie Cruz. <laughs> so, so for Group C, France is at the top, Denmark in second. Australia, if they beat Peru and France beat Denmark, I guess still has a chance. Still have a chance, but uh, it looks like France and Denmark are going to make it. Mm. Before we preview match day nine, we had a little Twitter thing going on because uh, Saturday, if you guys don't know, Korea is playing Mexico. And a uh, Twitter user called at AdrianGlory13 suggested that me supporting Korea and our beloved ringer colleague Shea Serrano supporting Mexico should have a bet on the game. I was wondering what you guys think the stakes of that bet should be. I definitely think that it should be something public humiliation related. I don't think it should actually be money. Yeah, I think the loser has to get the other team's jersey tattooed over their entire upper body. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I so like that means it. Shay's upper body would just be this bright shade of red. I, the Mexico kit is nice. Did you say kit or flag? Uh, kit. Kit, yeah. Jersey. I wouldn't mind the Mexican kit. Anyway, okay. moving on. Match you wouldn't, mind, you wouldn't mind having the Mexican kid tattoo. <laughs> you guys heard wow. it here first. <laughs> I'm going to have to eat a cleat. And I'm going to have to eat <laughs> Oh, man. Pray Group for Donnie. is going to kill me. All right, match day nine. Uh, we mentioned, all right, let's talk about Nigeria-Iceland first because, uh, you know, we just watched the Argentina match today, and this one has obviously great significance on that. Grenard Roar. Gerner Roar, excuse me, the Nigerian manager said, in quotes, we will not lose this game. That's but, the kind of stuff that you put an impact font like over and superimpose it over a picture just so that they can regret it fully later. You know, not to parse his words or anything, but, you know, he did not say we will win this game. He said we will not lose this game. So I guess he's predicting a draw. But <laughs> that's uh, such Ryan, a like, so lame way of yeah. game. <laughs> Ryan, we were talking off air about the lineup changes that Roar was planning uh, and you seem to be kind of skeptical? I just feel like we were all high on Nigeria because Was of it the, the kits though? Or was it because It, it was the kits but it was also we saw Iheanacho and Iwobi kind of be lively in some of their friendlies and now he benched. We also saw Ndidi score that screamer on the final day of the it's season. It's great that you bring up Ndidi because <laughs> yeah. supposedly uh, they've decided to bench Iwobi and Ndidi kind of the two you know, future stars of Nigerian soccer, both who I think you could consider Awobi a Premier League starter. He he he's, gets enough starts to be considered that. Um, and I- Kalechi Iheanacho, uh basically scores and creates chances whenever he plays, but he's not going to be starting either. So I think... I think there's a pretty decent chance that this is the worst game of the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the yeah. first nil-nil, maybe? It's well, gonna we, be a, we've I've... got Iceland who are sort of just going out there to defend, and we have Nigeria who with with John benched all their most exciting players, and their manager said, "We will not lose. Yeah, <laughs> not we're going to win." So shaping up to be a proper shit game. 
We should mention for Iceland, Joanne Berg, Goodmanson of Burnley, Torres Calf, which sounds very painful in the first match against Argentina, so he's likely out. I'm guessing some other dude with his last name that ends in S-S-O-N will replace him. <laughs> Good form. Good form. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure who. Okay, the other two matches... Brazil, Costa Rica, and Group E, Neymar, good to go after that injury scare that pissed off Ryan the way it was reported. Um, scare in quotes. Does, does, does Costa Rica have a chance, either of you guys? No. no. <laughs> angry Brazil, not, yeah, uh, angry. not what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this ain't what you want. And then finally, Serbia and Switzerland. Serbia is kind of... I think my dark horse for the tournament, um, and they will qualify with the win, and they don't want to, I think, leave it to the last match. Again. So, um, what do you guys expect from this one? This is, uh, to me, this is the most important game of the day. I, yeah. I think it's going to decide who advances out of these two. I think Switzerland was pretty impressive, actually, against Brazil, um, especially in the second half. Um, certain zero, even though you didn't ask me. <laughs> All right, we'll find out who's right tomorrow with another edition of Ringer FC. Thank you, as always, Ryan and Micah. Boop, boop. Adios. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. going down y'all if you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels you'll love hotel tonight hotel tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms helping you find sweet deals at cool top-rated hotels even though their name's hotel tonight you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways staycations three-day weekends road trips business bookings and more it's easy book hotels in 10 seconds and just three taps and a swipe get the hotel tonight app to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. Like It's a team of game managers, though. I, I think my thing with the spine is other than um, 20, 22 20, Savage. 20, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little older. Um, Maddich is getting up there. Ivanovich is still out there. Um, I think they have, I, the one, they have the ones back who's like, Twenty or nineteen. Yeah, but they're going to struggle against pacier teams. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I could see. I mean, they have enough solidity, and they have the Kolarov free kicks are just always a wild card. Savage is just a hard player to deal with. I think Mitrovic is actually pretty good, despite uh, just missing that sort of guilt edge chance. Um, right. I, I still would favor Switzerland to advance over them. I, I think Switzerland is oh, actually wow. the. Uh, kind of team I would be looking at as like a dark horse to make a run but wow, so they then Switzerland needs to win yeah so I, that's why I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game yeah. and um, one quick political subplot for this game Swiss Swiss team has three players born in Kosovo uh, Valen Bremi Granit Xhaka and Jordan Shakiri. Uh, Shakiri actually has a Kosovan flag on his boots so that's been kind of a talking point heading in Jaka podium game. That's my prediction. <laughs> Jaka podium game. Yeah. Is he gonna is he gonna spank one from thirty seven yards out? Like yeah. a, a frozen rope to the bottom left. Mm -hmm. I'm ready Michael, for it. Michael, what's your prediction for this game? I think that I want to say Serbia wins one zero. I'll go Switzerland.